Welcome to the PIO Podcast, a place for all things public information related for police, fire, EMS, and local government. An open forum to learn, grow, and develop your public information skills. Your host, Robert Tornabeni, is a public information officer with over 10 years in the field and 27 years of law enforcement background. In each episode, we will explore different aspects of the public information officer profession. Weekly, we will delve into the field of public information by talking to other PIOs. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Good afternoon. Today on the PIO podcast, for episode 46, we have a guest from the University of South Carolina's Division of Law Enforcement and Safety. This is Public Public Safety Information Director, Michelle Profit. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me. I appreciate you coming on the show last minute. You were a great suggestion by Adam Myrick, and I appreciate him suggesting you. You would have been somebody I would have gotten to eventually. So after reading a little bit about you and, and learning a lot about your background, I definitely would have connected with you at some point right, relatively quickly. So tell me about your background. How did you get to where you're at? Yeah, definitely. So I've only been with the University of South Carolina Division of Law Enforcement Safety for about two and a half months now. And before that, I actually worked with Adam at the Lexington County Sheriff's Department. And so I was there for just a couple of years. Um, but my background is in, I have a master's degree in marketing. So my background is in graphic design. And that's kind of how I got started. I worked for uh, the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office in Florida as one of my first law enforcement jobs about, I guess it's been a decade now. <laughs> so that I started back there and I was there for a couple of years. And then I got into the private sector marketing um, arena and worked for a couple of different uh, places and then decided, you know what, my heart's really in public service. So I decided to come back uh, and get back into public information. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, you know what, you've been a great contributor to it. And as we go into this uh, a little deeper, people will find out why. And you're such a great resource for the community in public information. Are you a single person unit or is there, are there more than more people underneath you? Yeah, in my current position, I'm, it's just me. So it's actually a brand new position to USCPD. Um, and that's like our short-term lingo that we refer to ourselves as USCPD. And they have never had anyone in a public information spot. Uh, so ever in the history of the agency. And this, this is the first time they just started up this year uh, and selected me. <laughs> so uh, it's just me. Yeah. So what do you think the onus was for having a, a civilian public information officer as opposed to a sworn staff member that may have been doing it piecemeal? Yeah, definitely. So I think they realized that there's a huge need for somebody to really step in and do social media full time and really be the go-to person for organizational comms. Um, and there's not have somebody who was really dedicated to that full time. And so we do have a sworn member available um, for any specific um, like media interviews that when they request a uniformed officer, but for everything else, yeah, they picked a civilian to really do all the behind the scenes communication work. Well, and, it, and that's probably a good thing for them to do because obviously you're talking about a college, so you're talking, or a university, you're talking about a lot of younger people and the engagement is going to be a little different from a civilian's perspective as opposed to a law enforcement perspective. Absolutely. And I, I feel like, um, I mean, it's a vibrant university community here in Columbia and I really feel like, um, there's so many things going on. And so to have somebody in this position, that's 
who can run social media full-time, who can be on it full-time, and it's not just a here and there thing, I'm able to keep up with a lot more things that are going on in campus so we can remain a little more relevant um, as an agency in campus activities and in the conversation online. For them, how many platforms are you guys running? Well, let me go backwards. How many were they running and, and what are they running now with you at the helm? Yeah, so we're still just two months into this um, journey. <laughs> so we're still kind of figuring out what's been going on for the last couple of years and where we need to go as far as our communication strategy um, matters. But right now we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And it's really interesting because both of my prior agencies were sheriff's departments and sheriff's office. Um, and so my audience was completely different. And then the audience I have now, right? So the majority of the communication or the engagement that I would have with our citizens would be on Facebook. And that'd be my go-to primary platform, very fruitful. Uh, But now students aren't really on Facebook. That's not their thing. So we're seeing a lot more um, student engagement or or even faculty engagement on platforms like Instagram and Twitter, because that's just really where they're at. Um, so it's, it's interesting for me to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, I'm a pro. I know what I'm doing, like on Facebook world. Um, and I, you know, the best tips and tricks, I guess, for reaching my audience on Facebook where I'm like, whoa, something different now I've got to re, um, reroute my whole strategy now to fit a different type of audience. So that's awesome. I mean, and that, and also the fact that you're doing a, a evaluation of what you guys have done in the past where you would like to go in the future. And that's like, everybody should do that when they come into taking over as an operation like that. So yeah, yep. we're just taking an audit of, you know, what our platforms are. If we need to jump on some other platforms to better reach our audience where they're at. Uh, so we're kind of just taking a look at that right now. And I'm sure you'll eventually end up on TikTok. I mean, at some point it's going to happen. So yeah, right before I left Lexington, actually, we got on TikTok. Um, we started up in March of this year. And I posted my last video like, in August, I think. Um, and I did this SWAT video of our, I was just randomly on the boat um, during an opera or, or like an exercise. Um, and we were getting footage. We had our intern out helping us. Um, and I just reversed the video, like a literal few second video and put it to some James Bond music. And it, it had like 3.3 million views last I checked or two, I mean, in the millions. Um, that's awesome. I thought it was like, wow, that's, that's so interesting. But I, I think it's kind of cool. I spent a lot of time myself personally on TikTok. Uh, and I think it's really interesting. I, I love that there's so many law enforcement agencies on TikTok um, and really giving that behind the scenes, behind the badge kind of insight into law enforcement lives and jobs. Um, and I actually love law enforcement TikTok or cop TikTok. <laughs> so maybe that's something that we pursue later on. Awesome. I might. <laughs> and that and that's uh that that's the great thing about TikTok. You can take it so many different directions, you know, real easily. It's not hard at all. It's just a matter of braving putting it out there, I guess, yep. if you look at it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's great. So you recently spoke at the Government Social Media Strategies Conference. Uh, was that was that last year or was that this year? Yeah, so I spoke at the um, Social Media Strategy Summit uh, last year and this year as well. Most recent one was in August, and then I'm also going to be on demand for the December um, summit. So I was on for the first responders one the last two years, and then this summit will be the um, Public Agencies and Government Summit. 
Okay. And one of the topics that you had was safety agencies preemptively de-escalate um, issues reaching more citizens in the community. So it was more about, it looked like it was more about active listening and engagement at that point. Yes, social media listening for public agencies. So why is it so important to listen? Yeah, so um, I was actually recently at another conference where I spoke on the same thing, SmileCon, just two weeks ago. And in that, I also spoke on social media listening. And um, it was really interesting. I had everyone raise their hand in the room. Are you actually participating in social media listening in your agency? And surprisingly, only about 20% of the room raised their hand that they were. Um, and I was like, well, you guys are missing out on such a valuable tool because social media listening allows you to meet your audience where they're at. Um, I think a lot of agencies will lot post, um, but they're not having active conversations with their audience online. And social media is supposed to be social. It's supposed to be a back and forth a conversation. You talk, your audience talks, you listen, your audience listens. And so social media listening allows you to hear what's going on um, and not just monitoring what's going on. So People are like, well, what's the difference between social media monitoring and social media listening? And I like to say social media monitoring is seeing what people are saying or seeing what's going on. But social media listening is actually hearing and actively doing something about what you're hearing. Um, it's an active discussion, active conversation and putting things into action. Uh, and it's so valuable. I think I actually think <laughs> it's by far one of the most valuable tools you could have in your communications toolbox. I agree. Why do you think that so many agencies are, are hesitant to engage in that way or to respond to somebody on social. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Now. Um, honestly, time. I think social media listening takes a lot of time. There are so many tools out there, of course. Um, a lot of agencies don't have access to additional funds <laughs> for social media listening tools. Um, so there are some more manual ways you can um, participate, and that's usually what I've done in the past. Um, but I, I sh- it's really time consuming. And as far as like being hesitant to respond to post or to take action for something they hear. Um, I mean, really just not having enough staff members <laughs> to, to get it done um, or just having the time. I really think that it's a block right now to more agencies participating um, is just setting apart the time. I will say when I was at Lexington for the large audience that we had and the amount of social media listening that we chose to implement in our strategy that I would spend nearly four hours of my work day, social media listening. And, and you know, that's interesting because the, the time thing is something that it's very hard to explain to management and the executives in the agency that have to realize that in order to engage a community, it takes that time to see the right, see the right question to engage with or the right mm-hmm. comment to engage with and, and then come up with a reasonable response to the person that you're speaking with and they don't quite understand that it. it takes a lot of work to yeah. do that. I, you know, that's where 
PIOs that are, are in a sworn status where they're doing multiple roles, wearing multiple hats, and right. the PIO thing is kind of a secondary, tertiary mm-hmm. job, that, that actually ends up hurting the agency. Yeah, and, and not to have somebody who's solely dedicated to doing a lot of social media work, especially when you're in a larger agency. I mean, it's it's such a vital position. I think because so many people um, take to social media to express their concerns or criticism or even things that make them happy and a lot of great positive or, or negative feedback um, comes out on social media. That's where our audience is at right now. I mean, I think what I think is interesting for PIOs is that you're not out on the field every day. Um, even if you're a part-time PIO and you're sworn or something more than likely, you know, you're in a leadership position probably, or doing something else. And your job's taking you away from actually being in the field, being on those calls. You're not sitting at the front desk. Um, you're not hearing what's the complaints are coming into IA or whatever's going on. And so you're not really actively being in all that action and to hear how things are going and how the public is perceiving your agency. And so social media is the second best thing. And sometimes Social media is your first and only um, impression that you're making on your on your audience, on your community. Because think about it. Most of the time when people are dealing with law enforcement, it's because they're having a bad day. Yeah. Right? It's, a so, neg- it's a negative experience almost all the time. Right. So if they can get a positive experience from you through your social media platforms and, and the persona that your social media profiles take on um, and, and how you in- interact and engage with your community online, um, and you can create a positive impression or positive perception of your agency. Why not? <laughs> I, I agree. I agree hundred percent with you and being able to preemptively deescalate those issues because before they become bigger ones, uh, I could be the simplest thing is, is somebody got a parking ticket for parking in, in a spot that, that wasn't, they weren't aware that they could do that and just simply explaining it to them and giving them an answer versus nothing could go a long way to to eliminating a, a, an, an upset resident. Absolutely. And so many times jumping in when your social media, active social media listening is really an, about being an educational, take an educational moment to explain something. I mean, there's so many times people um, would have complained about maybe stop signs in their neighborhood or potholes or something. And I'm like, hey, that's not really a function of um, law enforcement agencies or our agency in particular, but let me get you the content information or the link to that next agency or that state agency who can help you. I can take a second out of my day and make that person happy. Now they've had a personal or personal and positive interaction with my agency by just taking that few extra seconds. Because a lot of times, you know, PIOs, we have a lot of knowledge, right? <laughs> so we know where to direct people. Um, and instead of being like, well, that's not my problem and not my agency, I'm not going to deal with it. Taking a few extra seconds to, to help out because they're your citizens. Absolutely. And I know from my experience, I used to do a thing uh, in my two previous agencies where I would do ask a cop. It would be, I would put it out ahead of time. I'd say, okay, it's an hour from here to here. I'll answer any question as long as it's reasonable. Um, I, I, yeah. I got questions for some things that were completely out of our jurisdiction, out of state, <laughs> you know, because that some of our listeners were from other areas. And I would get on a computer while I was trying to answer the question, find the answer and give it to them but it created an awful lot of engagement because they knew like once a week, there would be that, that realm of one hour. I could ask, you know, answer a question that they put to social media. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think allowing that connection to a cop, I mean, like we were just talking about like being normally your first interaction, your only interaction with law enforcement is negative. Um, So 
creating that positive interaction with law enforcement by just people are curious. They just want to know. Sometimes they just don't know. Sometimes they don't know any cops. Maybe they have family where that's cop. Maybe you know anything about the lifestyle. Maybe you don't really know. Um, we, what was interesting it kept coming up last year is that so many people were unsure on how to do, um, so what to do at a four-way stop or traffic circle, because there's just very few in our community. Right. And that kept coming up. And I was like, well, well, no way. Like people know what that is, right? Like a, four, like a traffic circle, but it, it kept coming up in my social media listening um, activity. And I was like, well, this is a great way to garner content ideas because this is a question obviously multiple people have. So that to our advantage, make some content, um, gives me a content idea. And I can also educate the public in the process of it. And so people got their questions answered. Um, and we were able to have something extra to post. <laughs> so that's one way social media listening. And, and like we were talking about earlier with um, de-escalating situations, um, I mean, how many times do people take to social media to rant before they would pick up the phone and call in and talk about something they're upset about, right? So specifically, like in these Facebook groups, um, you know, people are talking about community-specific or neighborhood-specific problems that might involve your agency. Um, and they might not tag your agency. They might just talk about it. And, they, and it's a long conversation, but I go on and on. And just stepping in as either yourself as the PIO or as your agency, if your page has joined that group and just being like, hey, I hear you. I totally hear your concern. I understand it. Let me see what I can do about it. I can't fix everything, but I can try, right? right. Um, situation with the school zone and, and bus stops and um morning drop-off and and people are just having this really heated conversation in one of these Facebook groups and they didn't specifically talk about us, but I knew that was our area. Um, And so one, actually one of our employees, I would say having your employees on your side as a PIO who can actually listen for you as well and join in on social media listening is super helpful. Uh, But they forwarded it to me and like, Hey, this is might be something handle. And I was able to jump in. I was like, you know what? Let me see what I can do. Let's talk to the traffic sergeant and send them over. Um, and the next morning, there was a deputy there, talked to the principal, talked about the school zone uh, situation, and it was handled and everyone was happy. Because a lot of times people just want to be heard. Well, it's so, so many of those Facebook groups, and there's, there's so many of them out there. I mean, but the one that I always think it's, it's what's happening in whatever name of the town is that you're in, you know, right? <laughs> yes. It's all, or everything, whatever town. There, there's always people in there talking and there's always a complaint about speeding autos through a neighborhood, uh, not yeah. stopping in a stop sign, potholes, you know, signs blocking or tree branches blocking signs and things like that. And those are simple things that you can, hey, I'm going to forward that off the to community developer. I'm going to forward it off the public works or I'm going to, we're going to have a car out there this week. Those simple things do so much. In, in just raising the community's perception of the agency. Absolutely. By taking a few seconds to interact with them, for sure. So Michelle, what social listening tools can agencies use? Well, first and foremost, my favorite are going to be, depending on your audience, um, but if you are a local or county law enforcement agency, Facebook groups, and a lot of times you can join as your agency's page. Some groups won't let you and you have to join as your personal profile. Um, but a lot will let you join as your profile or as your agency page and jumping in those, they're free. You can join as many as you want. They have one for every single interest, just like you're mentioning with what's happening in this neighborhood. You can join your, the HOAs. You can join the buy, sell trade groups. You can join 
event pages, new, I mean, anything really. And you can, what's really great about them is they dial down into specific areas of your jurisdiction. Um, and so if you need to respond to something specifically in just that section of the county, you can do that through these Facebook groups, um, or you can hear about any potential problems that are going on in these areas by just jumping in those Facebook groups. So that's my first one. Um, I love Hootsuite as well for the keyword listening or keyword search on specifically for Twitter. That's what I use it for. Um, and just setting up a lot of words like our handles or um, our elected official names or our neighboring jurisdiction agencies, um, any kind of buzzwords for our agency. So if we do a lot of um, buzz driving is drunk driving campaigns, or we do, we're using some kind of branded hashtag. That's what I'm going to use in my keyword search or keyword, keyword listening uh, on Twitter through Hootsuite. Um, something like Sprout Social. At the conference I was at a couple of weeks ago, one of the participants mentioned Zen City. Um, and so that's another option. Um, obviously, some of these cost money, but Facebook groups is free and it's really valuable. <laughs> so free is great, right? right. Uh, but there are different platforms that offer um, that automate a lot of these manual tasks of listening in for for your brand name or your agency name or your handle or anything like that and really gauging um, pub public sentiment. So whether it's positive or negative on these different posts about your agency or posts that you're making on your pages. Um, so those are some really of my favorite ones. Awesome. So what happens when agencies do not socially listen? Oh, you're missing out on valuable information and valuable data. <laughs> I mean, you're not meeting your audience where they're at. I think uh, if you're not putting in time and into active social media listening, you're really just missing such valuable information about your community, about your public, the people you're serving. You're just really missing out on um, just the gold mine <laughs> so, of how you can better serve your, your citizens. All right. Awesome. And so let's, we're going to change this up a little bit. We're going to go on a couple of rapid fire questions. How about that? Okay. All right. Uh, your favorite drink, beer, wine, cocktail, bourbon, whatever. Oh, you know, I, I'm not a big drinker. So <laughs> maybe just like champagne on New okay. Year's. What animal would be your <laughs> ideal pet and why? Oh, I love, I love my puppy. <laughs> so uh, she, she's my best friend. What kind of dog? <laughs> she's an Australian Shepherd and Collie mix. Oh, what, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue a career as a PIO? Don't be a specialist, be a generalist. I would tell you that is the one piece of advice that has helped me through my entire career is to learn everything I can about everything that I can. So knowing um, a little bit of information about a lot of different topics is by far the most valuable piece of advice. Because if your chief or your sheriff comes to you and they say, um, hey, I need you to take care of this or do this, and you don't know how. So if you don't know how to edit a video, you don't know how to go take class A portraits or something like that, and you're a one-person show and you don't have the funds to hire it out, um, you're kind of missing out, right? You're not fully servicing your agency. So I would recommend to learn everything you can about everything you can. <laughs> awesome. What is your hidden talent? Oh, I don't, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't think All so. Right. What do you do to de-stress? <laughs> Oh, I love, I love to take the roof off my Jeep and just drive through the country. Oh, nice. Yep. Right. So think about all the weak stressors and just get it out. 
the only bad thing about that is when it gets cold. That's true. But I live in South Carolina. Very good. <laughs> if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh, uh, I would, I would probably talk about education choices <laughs> and talk about, um, really dial down until, you know, obviously when you're 18, you don't really know what you want to do. Um, and I just kind of fell into the world of marketing and communications, um, through, I mean, I studied mass communications, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And through not being able to find a job <laughs> back in 2007, 2006, 2007, I just kind of fell into public information. Uh, and so I would, yeah, probably narrow down your, your education choices. <laughs> Very good. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh, um, public information, being a PIO is probably one of the best jobs ever. Um, I get to have so much fun. <laughs> I get, it's kind of like, I like to think of as like the party of the agency. You get to hang out with everybody. So I get to hang out with all the different units and departments and I get to tell their stories. And um, really that's the job of being a PIO, a storyteller. Michelle, how can people best reach out to you if they want to learn more or connect with you in some way? Yeah, definitely. So you can reach me on Twitter at call me Michelle P or on LinkedIn uh, slash Michelle Profit. That's probably the best way. And I will put all of that in the show notes. Michelle, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to, to come and, and grace this little podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Robert. I really appreciate it. And that was Michelle Profit, University of South Carolina Police Department. Thanks for coming on the show, Michelle. We will shortly be wrapping up season one. I cannot believe that we've gone through 46 episodes. I have just a few more before we take a break in the month of December. And then we'll return starting in January with new episodes. So stay tuned. We still have several more before we take the break at the end of the month. Thank you for listening, everybody. And if you get a chance to rate us online, please do so as well as please uh, think about donating to us. Uh, You can do that right from the social media accounts, either on our Twitter or our Facebook page. Uh, Every little bit counts, helping us to keep this uh, podcast going. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to contact the show, please email us at the PIO podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episode. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, please give us a review. We appreciate any review, good or bad. It helps us improve on each episode. Until next time, be safe.